Welcome to Bible Chapter Every Day. I'm Matthew. Our chapter today is Acts chapter 25. Let's ask God to bless our time today. Heavenly Father, as we read this chapter, we pray that you would grant us wisdom, that we would know the right decisions to make, that we would know the direction to go, that we would know what to say. We know that all of these things come from you, and we pray that you would grant them to us. We pray this through Jesus. Amen. Acts chapter 25. Now, when Festus set foot in the province, after three days he went up to Jerusalem from Caesarea. And the chief priests and the most prominent men of the Jews brought charges against Paul to him, and were urging him, asking for a favor against him, that he summon him to Jerusalem, because they were preparing an ambush to do away with him along the way. Then Festus replied that Paul was being kept at Caesarea, and he himself was about to go there in a short time. So he said, Let those among you who are prominent go down with me, and if there is any wrong in the man, let them bring charges against him. And after he had stayed among them not more than eight or ten days, he went down to Caesarea. On the next day he sat down on the judgment seat and gave orders for Paul to be brought. And when he arrived, the Jews, who had come down from Jerusalem, stood around him, bringing many and serious charges, which they were not able to prove. While Paul said in his defense, Neither against the law of the Jews, nor against the temple, nor against Caesar have I sinned with reference to anything. But Festus, because he wanted to do a favor for the Jews, answered and said to Paul, Are you willing to go up to Jerusalem and be tried before me there concerning these things? But Paul said, I am standing before the judgment seat of Caesar, where it is necessary for me to be judged. I have done no wrong to the Jews, as you also know very well. If then I am doing wrong and have done anything deserving death, I am not trying to avoid dying. But if there is nothing true of the things which these people are accusing me, no one can give me up to them. I appeal to Caesar. Then Festus, after discussing with his counsel, replied, You have appealed to Caesar. To Caesar you will go. Now after some days had passed, King Agrippa and Bernice arrived at Caesarea to welcome Festus. And while they were staying there many days, Festus laid out the case against Paul to the king, saying, There is a certain man left behind by Felix as a prisoner, concerning whom, when I was in Jerusalem, the chief priests and the elders of the Jews presented evidence, asking for a sentence of condemnation against him. To them I replied that it was not the custom of the Romans to give up any man before the one who had been accused met his accusers face to face and received an opportunity for a defense concerning the accusation. Therefore, when they had assembled here, I made no delay. On the next day I sat down on the judgment seat and gave orders for the man to be brought. When they stood up, his accusers began bringing no charge concerning him of the evil deeds that I was suspecting, but they had some issues with him concerning their own religion and concerning a certain Jesus, who was dead, whom Paul claimed to be alive. And because I was at a loss with regard to the investigation concerning these things, I asked if he was willing to go to Jerusalem and to be judged there concerning these things. But when Paul appealed that he be kept under guard for the decision of his majesty the emperor, I gave orders for him to be kept under guard until I could send him to Caesar. So Agrippa said to Festus, I want to hear the man myself also. Tomorrow, he said, you will hear him. So on the next day... Agrippa and Bernice came with great pageantry and entered into the audience hall. 
along with military tribunes and the most prominent men of the city. And when Festus gave the order, Paul was brought in. And Festus said, King Agrippa and all who are present with us, you see this man about whom the whole population of the Jews appealed to me, both in Jerusalem and here, shouting that he must not live any longer. But I understood that he had done nothing deserving death himself. And when this man appealed to his majesty the emperor, I decided to send him. I do not have anything definite to write to my lord about him. Therefore I have brought him before you all, and especially before you, King Agrippa, so that after this preliminary hearing has taken place, I may have something to write. For it seems unreasonable to me to send a prisoner and not to indicate the charges against him. Well, that's the reading. Let's dig in. In chapter 24, Paul had his trial before Felix. But Felix never decided Paul's case because he knew Paul was innocent, but he didn't want to release him because that would make the Jews unhappy. So, he was eventually replaced by Festus. Festus, the new governor, arrives in town. He immediately goes up to Jerusalem and meets with the Jewish leaders. And a major point of the Jewish leaders is that they want to try Paul in Jerusalem. However, they still have this plot to kill Paul on the way, and the trial in Jerusalem is just an excuse. If those 40 men who took the vow to kill Paul really kept their vow, they would be awfully hungry after two years. Probably they have eaten, but maybe they still want to kill Paul. Festus tells them that Paul should be tried in Caesarea. So the Jewish leaders go with Festus to Caesarea, and when Festus convenes the trial, they make several charges against Paul, but they can't prove them. Apparently, they do talk about Jesus, as Festus mentions later in the chapter. Paul responds much as he did in the trial before Felix. He says the charges are not true. So Festus asks if Paul will go up to Jerusalem for trial there. This is just trying to do a favor for the Jews who are begging for this. So Paul says he's being tried in the right place as a Roman citizen, and he refuses to go up to Jerusalem. Instead, Paul appeals to Caesar. We know this was a Roman right to appeal to Caesar. It is sort of like appealing to the Supreme Court in the United States. We don't know all of the rules around appealing to Caesar in the days of Paul, but apparently it was an option. Festus confers with his counsel and tells Paul he will send him to Rome. In this way, it solves the problem for Festus. He cannot see that Paul is guilty, but the Jews want to get rid of Paul. He wants to get off on a good foot with the Jews, so a good solution is to ship Paul out. It isn't quite what the Jews want, but it gets the problem off his plate, and he has a good excuse because Paul appealed. But now he has another problem. He has to write a letter to Caesar to send with Paul so Caesar will know what the charges are to try Paul. Then King Agrippa and Bernice arrive for a state visit with Festus. Festus sees this as a chance to ask for some help. King Agrippa is interested in hearing Paul, so Festus is happy to set up an occasion. King Agrippa is King Agrippa II. He was the grandson of Herod the Great, who killed all the babies when Jesus was born in Bethlehem. He is the son of Agrippa I, who killed James, the Apostle James, and also tried to kill the Apostle Peter. Both Agrippa II and Bernice were children of Agrippa I. They had been educated in Rome, and Agrippa II was given an area to rule that included Galilee. So, they had a good idea of what was going on. Bernice had been married a few times and kept returning to live with her brother, and there were rumors of incest. So, while they weren't living very moral lives, 
they knew quite a bit about the Jewish religion and some things about Christianity. So Festus puts on a big occasion with all the major people in town present, and Agrippa and Bernice come into the hall with great pomp. Festus makes an introductory speech, and then it is up to Paul to speak for himself, which is in the next chapter, so we'll talk about that tomorrow. And now for a deeper dive. Paul would never have had this opportunity if he had not been a prisoner, and he likely would not have had this opportunity if he hadn't appealed to Caesar. So we see God working here for sure. But how do we know when it is right to appeal to Caesar? Obviously, we cannot do that exact thing today, but we have decisions to make today. And appealing to Caesar seems to be taking matters into Paul's own hands instead of letting God handle it. Luke doesn't tell us if Paul had thought about this plan ahead of time, if he'd prayed about this plan ahead of time, or if it was in the moment. Jesus had predicted this type of thing in Matthew 10:16. Behold, I am sending you out like sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. But beware of people, because they will hand you over to councils, and they will flog you in their synagogues, and you will be brought before governors and kings because of me, for a witness to them and to the Gentiles. But whenever they hand you over, do not be anxious how to speak or what you should say, for what you should say will be given to you at that hour. For you are not the ones who are speaking, but the Spirit of your Father who is speaking through you. So I think one way or the other, Paul was being led in the right direction by God, either by preparation ahead of time or by the Holy Spirit leading him in the moment. So what does that mean for us? I would say that clearly Jesus is saying not to worry about preparing the exact right words. And to a certain extent, I would say that applies to us today that we are not going to turn people to God just by polishing our words just right. But we should care that we say the right thing. And we should prepare by filling ourselves with God's word so that we will have the knowledge and wisdom we need. And we should most definitely pray that God will lead us. Scripture quotations are from the Lexham English Bible. Copyright 2012, Logos Bible Software. Lexham is a registered trademark of Logos Bible Software.